Listen, there has never been a better time to invest in self-storage, and there is no better team than ours to show you how to do it. Because we wrote the book on how to invest in self-storage. Literally, I created the best-selling home study system back in 2007, titled How to Find, Evaluate, Purchase, and Manage Self-Storage Facilities. And since then, we have helped thousands of people launch and scale their self-storage business and have now become the nation's go-to resource for all things self-storage. And that's because we not only talk the talk, we walk the walk. Day in and day out since 2005 through now two recessions and amassing a 2.5 million square feet of self-storage, totaling over 15,000 doors nationwide. There is nobody else that has more experience in self-storage that is teaching people how to invest in self-storage than our team. So if you're ready to launch and scale your self-storage business, then go to selfstorageinvesting.com. Click on the events tab to grab your ticket to the upcoming Self-Storage Academy, along with tickets to our virtual academy for those who can't make it or just aren't ready to go live at this time. So that, again, is selfstorageinvesting.com. Click on the event tab, but do it now as seating is limited. So go do it now. And on behalf of my team, we look forward to seeing you then. Take care. This is the Self Storage Podcast, where we share the knowledge and skills from the industry's leading investors, developers, and operators to help you launch and grow your self storage business. I'm your host, Scott Myers, and over the past 16 years, we have acquired, developed, converted, and syndicated over 2 million square feet of self storage nationwide with the help of my incredible team at selfstorageinvesting.com, who has helped thousands of people achieve greatness in self storage. Hello, everyone. Scott Myers here with the Self Storage Podcast. And today, I wanted to dive into, well, a newly created term in the industry, at least I think it is, that I just came up with, and it's called dynamic underwriting. So you may be familiar with dynamic pricing and the model for that, and that's been around for a number of years now. So the REITs for years have followed a process very similar to the airlines, where if you book a ticket and then wait 10 minutes and book your second ticket, well, that second one is going to be a little higher price. And the closer you wait to book your flight until the time that the flight is actually leaving, uh, the more expensive it's going to be. It's basic supply and demand at work in the marketplace in real time. So we apply that to self-storage as well. So if the person, if you're three deep in line at a storage facility and you're going to rent a unit, and uh, the person at the counter is running a 10 by 10 for 75, and all of a sudden the next person it's 79, and then when it comes to you, it's 84. You may want to scream fall with the person behind the counter, but it's simply the supply and demand. And if you're arguing too much and you step out of line, guess what? The person behind you is going to get your price, and then while you're fiddling around and negotiating, you're going to pay a higher price for waiting. So What I wanted to take a look at today is we've been changing the way that we underwrite self-storage facilities for acquisitions and development because the environment, the economic climate is changing. We have rising interest rates and we are heading into a recession and the activity changes, pricing changes, the entire model changes. And so I want to be sure that you're all aware of this and applying this in your own underwriting techniques. Or if you have an analyst that is doing this for you in-house, that you're keeping an eye on it. At the very least, you should be having a discussion as you are contemplating additional Developments right now, if you're looking at uh, acquisitions, you need to be able to look at the numbers and apply a solid set of numbers to A, accurately value the facility in the current environment where we are right now so that you don't overpay for the facility, and then B, be realistic with your expectations and where you think you're going to take it, your projections for year one through year three, five, seven, however long you plan to hold the facility. Because as we're heading into a recession, the bell curve effect is going to take place. We have rising interest rates, demand changes, everything changes within the model. So what I'd like to do is we're going to take not necessarily a deep dive, but we're going to take a look into some of the areas that we're changing in our model and how we approach underwriting in this uh, ever-changing climate. So let's take a look at right from the top, income, our gross potential rent, 
Well, demand typically during a recessionary cycle is going to be higher. It tends to go up as businesses downsize and individuals downsize. And all things being equal over the past roughly 10 years when we've been underwriting facilities and what we see come back from in our feasibility studies from the consultants is yeah, roughly a modest 3% increase in income and anywhere from a 2 to 2.5% increase in expenses. Well, we're definitely in a different environment than that right now. And there is a change coming. So gross potential rent, as we apply that, do we see rental rates going up? Well, we're going to be conservative, first of all. And so we may look at 3%, but depending upon the model and the market that you're in right now, if we've seen a history of 7, 8, 9% quarter over quarter or year over year, and demand is coming, which means more demand is coming, which means that, and also during the recession, the banks are less willing to allow loans for development. Well, we've got a shortening of supply coming online and you've got an increased demand. So you may be able to be a little more aggressive in your gross potential rent. But I don't want you to look at in terms of how we're going to be affected until you take a deeper dive into your market to see if that is even sustainable. For us, we're doing that exact same thing, but we may be bumping up the rent in the beginning gross potential, especially if it's an acquisition and the rates have been dramatically behind the market. It is a mom and pop owner that has failed to raise rates to market level. Um, They don't want to raise rates just because they want to stay full. And you have an opportunity to come in. So there may be an anomaly within the first um, couple of quarters where you may see a four, five, six percent bump, but then it levels off after that. And one thing to note here, I've never been a big fan of, and therefore we never apply a a 3% across 12 months and across every year because (laughs) the markets change again quite a bit. And so if you're not taking a deeper dive into the macroeconomics and how the rates are affected from month to month, quarter to quarter and year to year, then you need to go back to underwriting 101 and understand that self-storage doesn't work that way. Our vacancy, well, as you lease up, really looking at the velocity of lease up, we should have a little bit more of an increase in demand again as we head into a recession than when all things are being equal. But pay attention to the market analysis. This is going to tell you, you know, what is the supply right now, the supply index? Are there new facilities coming online? What do the existing facilities look like in terms of competition? Are they really competition? Do they have temperature control and, and yours does not or vice versa? And we need to understand the velocity of lease up in the past by looking at the previous 12 months to 24 months in an existing site. And then also look to the market by grabbing some other market reports from Radius, Store Tracker, and others to see just exactly what's happening in the market. And then lost uh, to lease or your accounts receivable. You know, what we found in the last recession is that self storage, we had a huge lease up because of the, the demand once we hit into a recession. But then after a while, when the economy continued to not recover, well, then some folks were faced with the choice of either throwing their stuff away or bringing it back home or just going into default. And so we saw accounts receivable go up, increase as the recession languished on. So you may want to account for that in years of maybe two or three in looking at underwriting a facility right now. And then a total bad debt and write-offs uh, maybe increase as well. So you may want to bump that up from the normal percentages where you find yourself right now. In terms of fees and what you're going to be charging. So in terms of income, we're going to move on from there's other ancillary income streams that could be added, but most of those aren't affected too much by the recession, at least not enough to dive into this short segment. So let's focus on the expenses now. In terms of property management, asset management fees, most of those stay constant, whether a fee that you pay yourself or a fee that you're paying to a third party firm. In terms of commission and rentals and sales and renting of equipment in this environment that we're seeing right now, you may want to account for a more aggressive increase in expenses 
expenses years going forward. So certainly use the figure that is in place right now with the contracts that are in place right now. But going forward, we are in a very hyperinflationary mode right now, and we're seeing the increases in the overall expenses across the board. So you may want to be a little more aggressive on that end. Repairs and maintenance are the same thing. If it's not a capital expenditure that you're accounting for, meaning those items that you're going to capitalize over several years on the tax return, meaning a roofs driveways, fencing, if you're upgrading on computers, gates, all the major ticket items that you are going to expense and depreciate tax return. We're talking about just uh, repairs and maintenance. Well, those also include materials, so the materials and labor. And what are we seeing in terms of the cost of everything right now in a hyperinflation market and in the labor market, it's tough to find good help these days. And we've seen wages increase dramatically. So applying a standard 30 cents a square foot for an existing class B facility is not going to cut it these days. All things being equal, they're not anymore. So I would apply a higher percentage either per square foot or depending upon where the facility is operating right now, you may want to increase that in addition to these other expense items, such as general and administrative fees. Some of those are your own. Some of those are going to be through other third-party fees. And if they're not broken out, you may see an increase in legal and tax returns and janitorial and pest control, all those other fees and services that are applied to the facility right now. Instead of just looking at a standard per square foot or a standard increase per unit, now I would want to bump those up just a little more. Utilities. We've seen an increase in a rise in utilities as well. So we are going back to right now as within the past 12 months and looking to see any major shifts and major increases. If they we happen to have any news of utility costs going up. And we have an awful lot of feelers out there. There's a lot of economists that we follow. There's a lot of different data gathering sources that we use to keep an eye on where expenses are going within these different categories and different industries that affect our facility. And so we'll take that data and then apply that to our underwriting accordingly. If we see or don't think that utility costs are going to be are going up, we still may add a little bit of a buffer, maybe a half percent more than what we normally would just because of, again, the environment that we're in right now. Insurance, that has gone up as well in addition to everything else. And also we've seen in the past, we've been through two recessions now and insurance rates seem to go up during a recessionary period. And as we've had conversations with our insurance folks, it's a normal increase. It's also necessary. And so many insurance companies, they don't take advantage of that, but they understand that people still need insurance. And when times are tough in the economy, there is a greater instance of insurance fraud, and they have to account for that. And many times they use a recessionary period or an inflationary period to increase rates to fill their coffers and have that buffer in place should there be any issues that arise. So just expect your insurance rates to go up as well. Taxes, let's talk about property taxes first. Of course, we're always doing our best to minimize our property taxes going into an acquisition by separating the acquisition into goodwill and the real estate so that a reassessment on the real estate sometimes isn't triggered or it doesn't have a grand effect on the overall NOI and on the expense burden from a tax standpoint. And that is another deep dive and another whole podcast and education session masterclass in itself. So we're going to stop right there, but just know that you can bifurcate your purchase agreement into the goodwill for the business itself, as well as the real estate. So those are the areas that we're looking at right now. And at the end of the day, if I could summarize my point here, and that is times are changing and applying the same old standard underwriting principles of a 2% to 2.5% increase in expenses and a 3% increase in net income really does not apply. You need to take a look at the big items, including your cost of capital as we head into this next economy, because interest rates are rising. 
if your cost of capital includes an adjustable rate mortgage, then what is that going up to and when is that going to trigger? We've seen many deals that have fallen apart these days that are being traded, renegotiated, where interest rates were below 4% and now the bank is stress testing those for the life of the loan and running it up. We've seen as high, we just got one the other day, ran from 5% up to 7.75%. And this deal doesn't look as attractive as it did any longer. And it's uh, very difficult to then hit that 1.35 or 1.25 debt service coverage ratio without bringing more equity to the table, cash to the table, taking a lower loan to value or loan to cost on a development or all of the above. And so we're having to go back and rework the math again. And then again, if you're bringing on more private equity, more private capital, that's more expensive than bank debt, even at 7% or seven and three quarters percent. And so that's going to change your ratios altogether. So don't be that person that assumes that sticks your head in the sand and assumes that because things have gone well for the past 10 years and storage is recession resistant because you've been listening and uh, buying into everything that out there on the internet. Well, it is. It's very recession resistant, but that doesn't mean that the expenses that are involved in your income is going to shift or change during this recession. And you need to account for that because if you don't, then you may find yourself on the selling side of your facility and it may be happening sooner than you had anticipated or wanted. And it may not be for a profit. And sometimes it may be in the form of a sale back to the bank. So don't be that person. Pay attention to what is happening in the market right now. Apply. You heard it here first from selfstorageinvesting.com. Dynamic underwriting. Apply dynamic underwriting to account for the shifts in the market right now so that you don't get caught out. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been Scott Myers with another self-storage quick tip, maybe a little more than a quick tip. Thanks, everyone. And we'll have uh, more of these quick tips coming soon as we navigate through this new economy and how things are changing in our industry. So stay tuned. We'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, gang, wait three things before you leave. First, don't forget to subscribe to the self-storage podcast and turn on your notifications so you never miss another episode. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Second, be sure to share your favorite episodes and more via Instagram. And don't forget to tag us. And lastly, head to the links in the show description and hit the follow and subscribe button on Twitter and Facebook to get a front row seat as we grow and scale our business and bring you along with us. Take care.